My Mac Podcast number 221, live at the Macworld Expo on Thursday. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And we're in the media room, uh, pretty much the end of the day. We still have some uh, editing left to do on this podcast that you're listening to and rounding stuff up, getting it all put away, and uh, preparing for the last day of the Macworld Expo. Uh, you know what? We had a MyMacker supposed to leave yesterday, and he stayed for another day. Mark, you, you stuck it out, man. What's going on with that? Well, you know, um, it's the great uh, salary that MyMac has been paying me. I'm doubling it. Yeah. And double when, you, when, I'm when, you said, when you said you were going to double it and give me an extra bonus, I little that I know that was going to be that I had to clean up after everybody, but I'm here now. So, and that, that's you know. only really a problem with Guy. Exactly. Guy, <laughs> he's got to, you, you pick up with Guy. It's, it, seriously, I definitely wanted to stay because we don't know where the, this expo is going next year. And we don't know where Nemo is. We lost him, and we're we've been where looking furiously for. We can't find Nemo, finding Nemo. And, we, and we can't find the breadcrumbs that he left. So you know he'll show up eventually. But seriously, it, it's uh, it's awesome to be here and to uh, see everything from this side. So wanted to take the opportunity to stay and get a little bit more work done. Glad to be here. Anything stick out in your mind from today that you really didn't see uh, the rest of the week? And this is your last day, too, yeah, right? this is the last day. I'll be leaving in the morning. But, uh, you know, today has been kind of a mellow day. We've seen – I'll tell you the, the thing that really was cool, if we want to look at cool things. They have a DeLorean over there that uh, is a replica of the Back to the Future DeLorean. They're selling some technology with it, but uh, that was a really cool thing. Go check that out. But you don't remember what they were selling. Yeah, so that's kind of bad marketing when you don't remember the company that brought this cool thing. I did see the DeLorean. It's pretty cool. Back from Back to the Future. It, I, they were very faithful. You, you check that out too, Guy. Oh, yeah, that, that was cool. Actually, and that DeLorean was actually one that they did use in the movie. They didn't oh, use that, that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, they, had, they made like seven of them, and that was, that was one of the seven. Of course, they blew up one at the end of the third movie. Hit it with a train. Hit it with a train, yeah. <laughs> Hit it with a train. So what did you see that was cool out there today, and, or did you see anything today that you haven't seen earlier in the week? Uh, nothing that I hadn't already seen during the week. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, the, the whole vibe of this show has been a little bit different, and I, I think uh, if it does come back next year, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to get back that, that same excitement that they've had over the you know the last two previous years. Well, we'll find out. It's only time will tell. We're also joined by Bill Palmer, iProng Magazine. Um, Bill, you were giving out awards for Best of Show this year. We didn't get one, but that's okay. What what did you uh, give Best of Awards to? And uh, you're getting a birthday cake tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm turning five. Not iProng, just me. Just it's my my fifth birthday. Cool. <clears throat> you know, I tell you, you know, we're given few awards, fewer awards this year than in previous years. Even if Apple came and delivered all kinds of cool stuff, this still would be a downer expo. There's a lot of big name iPod accessory companies are showing the same cool products they debuted last year. Well, how many new cases and cables can they really come out with on a year to year basis, too? That's true. You know, sometimes you see new innovations, and this year is just not there. I wonder if everybody's just being conservative because nobody wants to buy anything this year anyway. One of the problems that uh, a lot of vendors tell me is that this is a really bad time in their product cycle. It's right after Christmas, right after New Year's. This is not the time that they generally release new hardware or software. It's really bad for them. It's usually spring or fall. So this is a bad time of the year to kind of debut something. Do you think that's starting to catch up with the expo, with the dates? I think 25 years ago, things moved a lot slower, and you needed to introduce something in January for people to hear about it by, you know, September. But, I mean, this is a lightning-fast age. There's a reason Apple rolls their stuff out in September. I'd say put the expo in September, too. So what would you give awards to this year? Oh, gosh, one case, one speaker system. You want, well, you know what they are? No, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just um, some more out-of-the-box stuff. Cisco had a, a WebEx client, so live streaming video over 3G or Wi-Fi, and What's that on? Speak up. Aim. Games. Huh? Games. Huh? Games. You give. You give. Yeah. You'd have a, a best of award for a game. Yeah, the best game I saw was uh, from Freeverse. It's not really a surprise, but it's it's based on Days of Thunder, the movie. Tom Cruise is not in it, but it's if if you like Motor Chaser, it's it's like a NASCAR racing yeah. game. I'm dropping the hammer. No, yeah, you're not. It was, it was you get to have rivals and try to blow up your other car. It's not totally sadistic, but there's a little bit of like NASCAR bullying in there. So. It was good. 
So I, I got a, I got something on that. The main character's name is Cole Trickle. That's Tom, Tom Cruise's <laughs> character's name. But I didn't realize that when I named my son Cole. So someone asked me not too long ago, oh, did you name it like after that movie? And I said, what movie? You know, well, Tom Cruise. What? I don't get it. Days of Thunder. His name was Cole Trickle. I said, oh, I wish I'd have known that before. But, you know. <laughs> also for My Prong Magazine, Matt. How do you say your last name, Matt? Say. No, just say it out loud. No, that's it. He's silent. Say. On, who's on first? What's on second? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Third base. Uh, is this your first Macworld Expo? I already know the answer, but. No, this is my second. I came two years ago. Yeah. So compare. Okay, so you, you weren't here last year. So how do you compare this Macworld Expo compared to? That, this, it's really not fair because two years ago they introduced the iPhone because there was a lot of excitement about that. Yeah, I was going to say two years ago it was the iPhone. So that was sort of a, oh, my God, Macworld. You it was a watershed event that it's kind of hard to follow that up with updates yeah. to iLife, iWork, and a new laptop. Yeah, pretty much. Most of that was kind of a. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's Apple stuff. Did you see anything on the showroom floor that kind of caught your eye that you're hoping that Bill here procures for you for review that you don't have to send back? And About the only thing would be this uh, iDJ mixer thing. But it's been out for a year, so it's not a new product. Right. It was just something that I would have spent another half hour playing with if we hadn't had an appointment that we had to get to right then. But You're going to get him iDJ? You're going to be a nice guy, Bill? I'm going to get him five of them. And five I'm of gonna them. get him arrested because I'll steal them. <laughs> and there's an inside joke to that because uh, we'll, we'll post some pictures up there on the, on mymac.com. <laughs> Owen, you're here. You got a good picture of uh, it, it looks well, like rumor, Bill Palmer. The rumor um, Bill stealing I, stealing software and shoving we, it in we've someone's got, backpack. We've got a yeah. we've got a picture. <laughs> and then he what's gives that, a thumbs up afterwards, <laughs> like we got it. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I, we have to substantiate that rumor. We'll have to hear from what he has to say. So I don't care what he has to say. We've got pictures. <laughs> so busted. <laughs> so busted. But I did see a, I, I, in the in the product the coolest product that no one will care about but a few people. There's a this can sound terrible, but there's a project management software out there that makes Microsoft Project unnecessary now. Mm. And there's almost a contradiction. Well, no, Microsoft <laughs> Project is a huge, in, in, yeah. especially in enterprise. Microsoft Project is big, but nothing on the Mac. And this is, excuse me, I think it was called Merlin, and it's basically this guy brought project management software to the Mac, and it's actually a pretty amazing piece of software. It's well written. It includes mm -hmm. things that Microsoft Project never thought of, and it has a server edition, and it works on the iPhone. You can have remote teams, and the project status updates automatically while everybody's working on it. And you know, it's most people here probably don't care about stuff like that, but I thought it was actually pretty cool. No, I actually am into that. The problem with something like that, as far as we're concerned, it's very hard for us to do a product review of that. Yeah, I mean, how do you review project management software? Yeah. For all six of those listeners <laughs> we have out there that hard. Can, yeah, the, yeah. Well, three of them, because the other three just, you oh, know. right here. Yeah. Well, no, they die because of old age. <laughs> no, it's um, it's the type of software that most people don't really think about as being glamorous or sexy, but it's extremely important in business. Oh, and and if, Microsoft, if, if Macintosh really wants to make inroads, we need software like that. And then... Um, a project, a product. I guess I didn't see last year that was back here again that got a best of show twice is uh, Equinox, Equinix, Equinox. Equinox. Yeah, Equinox. I know. Dictate. Yep. And uh, I, you know, I'm a real skeptic of voice recognition software. And the guy was up there, and it was making some mistakes, and he was making his excuse. But it was, I was pretty in, impressed of how well it was working. Comparatively speaking. Well, I want to review it by dictating the review. By dictating the review. Yeah. We'll see how well it works and <laughs> leave all the, the unedited stuff. You had something, Mark. In fact, you were kind of interested in speech software, too. Exactly. Um, just to kind of add on to what Owen was saying, um, we did an interview with Andy Taylor. Who's and that's going to be on this show. So. And so it's, it's good timing for it. Uh, Andy Taylor is the CEO and developer of Mac Speech Dictate. Right. And um, they uh, they won the best of show last year, and they've made some uh, pretty good revisions to the software, and as well for the upgrade. And and what they've done with it, it really has is going to give it a, a, a wider appeal. You have live editing now capable through voice, which wasn't available before, and that really takes it to another level. So definitely, uh, and and Andy Taylor, really nice guy. A good interview. A, he's, wasn't he the guitarist from Duran Duran? Yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't know he was making software now. Yeah, he's wow. aged a little bit. It's kind of sad that I, I recognize that name. And it's even worse that you. And, and Bill Palmer got it at the same time I did. So that, that's. And so uh, give, give a listen to that interview. And that, that's, a, that's a really good program. Uh, definitely check that out. 
And then, and then uh, another uh, kind of step towards the updates. Last year, we heard about the Modbook by Axiotron, and we have an interview with uh, Andreas Haas, who is the developer founder of the company, and they came uh, with a, a great deal of news this year. They have some uh, software tweaks, but then they have a new hardware product called the Modbook Pro, and they take the, the platform of the new unibody MacBook Pro, and they basically take some of the guts, but they build a whole new shell around it, and it's upgradable, and it's it's a nice piece of hardware. Uh, it's it's really a niche product. Yeah, really. at like six thousand dollars. Exactly, but uh, for those people, really targeted towards the uh, creative professionals that uh, do uh, illustration, graphic design. Um, you know, it's a great product, and so we have an interview of uh, Andreas as well. So take a look at those two things. Those are two pretty good products that have have a lot of buzz on this year's show. So. Has, has anyone had a chance to be over to their booth? Well, you know, yeah. we let, we'll, we'll talk about that in one second. <laughs> we'll we'll have to clean up the the version of what we're going to say, but um, I do want to thank Otherworld for Computing for sponsoring this podcast. I'm recording this podcast on an M Audio MicroTrack Two. Uh, nice unit. I'm still learning how to use it. Some of the audio that I captured yesterday, and for all I know, right now, um, I had the level set too high, and I had to really kind of adjust it. We and some, yeah, and it was low. <laughs> but, you know, and, and the thing is, it, I this isn't something that I should have played with the first time while I'm recording a podcast. I should have had a couple hours to play with it and get used to the settings and find the optimal blah, 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 blah. Just didn't really have a chance. So, But I do want to thank uh, Otherworld for Computing for letting us check this out and play with it during the show. And uh, Posimotion, of course, they're our sponsor as well. Thank you very much, Posimotion. If you're looking for some really cool iPod touch or iPhone gear, that's the place to go. Just check them out on the App Store. So we're, uh, let's see, we, should we talk about the, uh, the quiz? Yeah, sure. Yeah. About the quiz. So we went over to the ProSoft Engineering booth today to do the Apple quiz. They're in a different location than they were last year, but... Yeah. It still really wasn't an, an ideal location, I don't no, think. No. It was is one of those locations that <sighs> doesn't get a lot of foot traffic, really. So, yeah, and plus, we were on the other side of the booth. We we probably should have been on the the other side of their booth, but you know, we broadcast our sound out to a pair of speakers, and we were doing pretty well until <laughs> Owen did something. Now, <laughs> the ProSoft Engineering booth is right next to Axiotron. Axiotron. And when we got there and we were getting ready to do the show, Steve Wozniak takes the stage for Axiotron and Talk starts about talking Pro. about the Modbook Pro, so we had to wait. We had, we had to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And, wait. and so we pull out, by the time we, we finally get going, we've got Sinbad sitting over there next to us, and uh, we're still not getting quite the crowd that we were hoping to. So, so what did you do to, to try to draw in a crowd, Owen? Well, the problem is we were in a corner, sort, and everybody was down the aisle, the other direction, sort of towards the booth where Wozniak had been. So there was a pair of very nice speakers. I wish I'd caught the name on those. These yeah, I don't know what they were. Very loud, nice, quality-sounding speakers. So I just rotated them at the other booth. <laughs> <laughs> you basically pointed right at the, the, the Axiotron booth. Right at the Axiotron booth. And, and it, a lot of people kind of heard you talking, and it was turned up pretty loud, and it brought the crowd to come over. <laughs> And someone came over from the Axiotron? And tr was trying to figure out how to turn the speaker down, but there wasn't a volume control on the speaker. They were, they were turning it and looking at it, you know, like they were looking at the speaker, like looking for the button to turn it down. <laughs> Don't touch our stinking speaker. Oh, you make funny. us wait for uh, Steve Wozniak. I will talk over to your booth. It wasn't retaliatory. <laughs> I just needed to get it at where all the people And it worked. Well, that's, that's all we care about. That's what we're saying here, yeah. anyway. So we had we gave away ten copies of ProSoft and JoeSoft software right, and five copies five of copy here, of and here five copies of clicks of clicks and we gave off five copies. We didn't have a loser yesterday or today. But of course, we do give some pretty hefty hints. Yeah, one of the, one of the questions is it's a it's a close up of the round circle on an Apple remote, and so the hint <laughs> that I give to the audience is I I just hold up. Over the person that's actually answering the, the question, right. I hold up the microphone so everyone else, and I, and I tell Not the contestants, the or the, the remote, right. and I tell the contestant, I'm giving everyone else a hint but you, and I'm waving the remote up in the air, and people start laughing. And, and the poor guy looks at what you're holding up and then says, iPod Nano. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't make oh, it up. Steve and that was Steve Wozniak. Wozniak. God, he's 
And we were we were. He said Apple too. We were we were a little annoyed that we had to wait, um, but it was Steve Wozniak, so we didn't mind too much. It would have been better if we could have got Steve Wozniak to come over and take the Apple quiz. But I, I tried to go get him, but as soon as he was done, they in that in the Axiotron booth. They had kind of a round area that was private, and they immediately shoveled them in there and put two guards in front of that area so no one could get to them, so. They saw you coming. They saw me coming. Who the hell is that crazy-looking guy? Was, he was also busy being mobbed by fans for right. pictures and stuff, yeah. too. So and we tried to get Sinbad to come up, yeah. and uh, he was listening to it, and he was kind of remotely answering the questions himself, but... We we couldn't, well, come up. and I, and I was goading him into it too well, loudly. I was trying to goad him into it, but he, he just kept no no. He, he, he told me to tell you he was working back there. I don't care. He's he was, at the Macworld Expo. I was Expo. standing back next to him to try to convince him to go do it, and he was on a trio. Yeah, uh, I saw that a, a trio, and I said, "Oh, a trio." And, he's, and he reaches and he's got an iPhone. He says, "But I, he says, and this and this is a quote." He said, "I said, why do you have a trio?" And he goes, "Well, you can't use the touchscreen when you're driving." <laughs> wow, I'm not even going to go there. So, so he's, Bill, but he's right. I've, I've he's right. You can't driving. text on an iPhone while you're driving. He lives in California. You, you, you can't text on the other one either. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, I, I try not to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, cut, he busts in the door. So we're going to wrap up this segment of the podcast. We're, if you can't tell, we're all extremely tired, yeah. and we've still got uh, a punchy. Yeah, punchy. W- the rest of the segments that we're playing on the show today was all recorded yesterday. I didn't actually get anything on the showroom floor today. Was about getting some video. Guy, did you get some uh, video out there yet, or you still need to go do that? Uh, the only video we got was at a couple of vendors, and I, I still need to do the little project that, that you and I talked yep. about. And uh, Mark, you got a lot of pictures out there today, and and Owen, you got a lot of pictures mm-hmm. too. So we're gonna get those posted up at mymech.com. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this little video thing that we we know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be pretty cool if we actually do it. We'll see. Yeah. Guy's looking a little tired, but if you do it, you should probably go do it real quick here. Yeah. So or at least one. Day. At least one of them, yes. And so we're going to wrap up this segment of the podcast. We got some interviews. We got uh, people at the Macworld Expo talking to them. Uh, good show. Yeah. But we need to wrap it up. We're going to do our final show tomorrow, right before they tear down the press room, just like we did last year. Have a lot of fun. Hopefully last year was crazy. Breaking, hopefully they won't be breaking the tables down. Oh, it was so loud. Last, was you in there last <laughs> oh year, Bill? Beautiful. Uh, it was. It was beautiful. <laughs> I, I loved sleep it. Sleep on the table and like wake up. We're taking it. Yeah. <laughs> get up. Get out of here. No, we're not leaving. So, well, that's someone it. who used to be trade shows. They do that to you in the trade on the floor too. The the minute they say the show is over, the crew comes and starts to tear down your booth. Yeah, they pull, they pull the power. I mean, I we had computers shut down on us. They just get out. Well, we went to the Mac Blast party a couple of days ago, and uh, we were up. We were in the VIP section on the fourth floor for AOL because of our buddy Lee Givens right. invited us up. So we're hanging Thank around up there. Thank you, AOL, and especially Lee Givens, yes. occasional co-host of the My Mac podcast. He's coming back, by the way, real Good. soon. Um, <laughs> so we're up in the uh, the VIP section, which of course is very important person or persons, right? Yeah. So we're up there. The party technically ends at 11 o'clock. It's 11.05, and the security guards come up and says, we have to ask you to leave the floor now. <laughs> so so much for being VIP. Yeah. Well, you were important it, right up to 11 o'clock? Right up to 11 o'clock. And 11 then, o'clock, <laughs> sorry. The, 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 uh, the pumpkin turns back, or the, the carriage turns back into pumpkins, and the horses turn back into it, bison. It's get time, it's you time for you, you to leave. No get out. Get C-D-F-O. out. It's time to get out now. Get we out have now. work to do. We the are clothes. union. Give them food. <laughs> <laughs> and then get out. And that's a good way to end the podcast. Thanks for listening. And we're here at the Toon Boom studio, and we're talking to Robert. Hello, Robert. Hi, how are you? So what do you do with Toon Boom? I'm basically responsible for sales here at Toon Boom, and here at Macworld, we're demonstrating all of our animation and storyboarding products. So animation, storyboarding, what is Toon Boom? What's the software? Why are the listeners out there? Why are they going to rush out, plunk down that credit card, and buy a copy? Well, thank you for the questions and the opportunity to speak with you today. Uh, here at Macworld, obviously, uh, Toon Boom's been around for about 15 years. We work with the top studios uh, like the Disney's of the world. Some of the productions that are done using our software include Simpsons, Family Guy, King of the Hill, SpongeBob. And so we're able to leverage all the experience animators' applications and, and environments for creating animation and being able to apply them into our products. So what makes us really, really unique is we got several products for beginners, intermediate and for advanced users and that's what really gives us the edge so we can start them off at $40 with Flip Boom Classic we can move them up to Toon Boom Studio 
which runs at about $400. And then from there, we can go to Animate, which runs at $1,000. And then Digital Pro for the advanced users. You know, back in the day when you guys got started, it was only the professionals who used this stuff because their hardware requirements were just astronomical. The average person couldn't afford a computer that could run this stuff. Nowadays, with a, with an average iMac, is easily run this stuff. Are you seeing a, a huge upswing in the consumer market for you guys? Absolutely. It is 100% our most growth area for the business over the it's last exciting. two, three years. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. I mean, new markets, been, new people. To new markets, new people, a new community. And this is something that we've had a lot of feedback. What, what can I do You know, that's a little bit more simpler? What can I do for my kids and so on? What can I do for schools? Because teaching was a big thing. And so that school as a vertical, as a vertical market for us has been really, really strong. We've had great user user adoption in Orange County, for example, enterprise licenses of Toon Boom Studio. We're working with the art institutes right now. We're getting a lot of our products in there, both the storyboarding side and, of course, the animation software product. And nowadays, it's not just able to create the stuff yourself. There's free distribution methods, YouTube, MySpace, Facebook. People can share the stuff that they're creating with your software. Absolutely. Not only that, but we encourage it because Toon Boom standalone as an organization we have a MySpace page, we've got a YouTube uh, content that's out there, and also on Facebook we have also uh, animation and storyboard content that's out there. So users can start building a community, start showing off a lot of the productions that they're doing and how they're using their products and sharing that experience with all the other users out there. There are demos online that people can check out? Yes, absolutely. Even on our very own website we have a showcase and all the animators who use our software, they're able to publish their software and share it with the other users. So it's, it's a community out there. It's an absolute community out there, yes. Where are the listeners going to go online to find out more information? Toonboom.com is the best place to go. Toonboom, T-O-O-N-B-O-O-M. If you can't spell Toonboom, you don't deserve the software because that's too easy. So, Robert, thanks very much. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you very much. And we are back at the Macworld Expo 2009. And our terrific friend, Paul Kafasis, is you that how you say it? You got it. And he is the CEO and Chief Lackey, that's his official title, from Rogue Amoeba. Let's spell that R-O-G-U-E-A-M-O-E-B-A, RogueAmoeba.com. Now, in the past, we've talked with Paul. Basically, it's ways to manage, enhance, and compile, and attract, and do things with audio files. It's consumer audio music Stuff Absolutely. Like that. Audio That's manipulation, basically. Exactly. And so just give us a crash course on your latest release, Paul. Uh, are we talking, well, we actually had two. We had two in the past month. Are we talking about Pulsar? Or, yes. Uh, okay, so Pulsar is a, a listening client for XM and Sirius Satellite Radio. Right, that's the one. Um, so this came out about uh, just about a week ago, I guess. Uh, and it's a, uh, a client to listen to. XM and Sirius have online radio streams, uh, XM Radio Online and Sirius Internet Radio. Um, XM and Sirius are the uh, satellite radio satellite radio companies who have satellites up in space and they beam satellite radio down in uh, North America and Canada, uh, U.S. and Canada. And uh, they also happen to put these streams online so that you don't have to have the, the physical hardware that you often have in your car. Uh, so if you're at a computer, you can listen to these streams as well. And, and it's currently you can view them using their own web Right, they, they each have a web client that's... Right, so why do we need yet another way to listen to Sirius XM? That's, that's a fair question. <laughs> uh, the, the two web clients that, the, that XM and Sirius have are... Neither one of them are terribly good. Uh, they're they're a little not, clunky. They're clunky, clunky. Is, is the word. Is the, word. Uh, <laughs> the XM1, for instance, only lets you save eight favorite stations yeah. for, for no reason. I mean, ar- arbitrary low <laughs> number. Um, the interface is a little bit pathetic. And, well, and, and if you're in your web browser and you're, you're listening to this and you, know, you're, uh, you, you view like a, a flash page that happens to crash <laughs> your browser, then you lose your music too. Right. And, uh, so having this in a standalone client is something that, uh, that was valuable, we thought. Uh, the big reason why we made it was that uh, people were trying to transmit and record this audio with uh, two of our other products, Airfoil and Audio <laughs> Hijack Pro. Uh, I was u- I was using Hijack Pro with uh, with the uh, yeah. with the Sirius or, or the yeah. XM, and uh, and doing it with the website wasn't great. And there's some other third-party clients out there uh, that d- that don't uh, don't really play audio in the the standard way. So getting the audio was a lot more difficult than it should have been. And sometimes been. you have to default to system audio. Exactly. Exactly. So you get your so, email so messages. So getting all noise at once and. Uh, <laughs> And so we said, you know, let's make a let's make a decent client uh, that's easy to use. That there's definitely interest here, and uh, and so we we came out with Pulsar to do that. That uh, that if you want to listen to XM or Sirius, you can just enter your account information and uh, play it with Red and Pulsar. And you did all the development yourself, the interface, and all the technology. Me personally, no, no, no the, uh, company. the company, the company did. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's something all... you bought from somebody else. No, no, no. Uh, you created this, was... this from scratch. 
Yeah, we uh, we do use some data from a company called Dogstar Radio. This is uh, just a just a guy who runs a service that pulls yes, information on uh, yeah, information on Sirius. Yes, uh, which is which is good. So I I should should certainly mention him. But yeah, this was our product internal, and mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, interesting to develop because neither XM or Sirius have APIs. Basically, they they don't have anything <laughs> that lets developers. Yeah, say, I want to make a client. Uh, so to do this was sort of uh, a whole lot of back-end work, and then on the front end, you just see a pretty basic client that listens, lets you listen to the radio, but uh, it's not really, uh, it's not easy to do that in any way, uh, because XM or Sirius doesn't care exactly. They don't really care if anyone can do this. So Now, the vast majority of the XM and Sirius customers begin their life with that company because they've got bought a car that has it, has it, in. it built in. Exactly. It has a three or a six month free subscription, yep. and then they end up paying somewhere between ten and forty like 10 and twenty dollars a month. Well, depending on how many other devices right. in their house. Right, right, right. So they're in for somewhere between ten and forty dollars over the course of a the year. They're spending one hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars to yep. listen to radio. Yep. Meanwhile, we've got AOL radio. We've got um, iTunes radio. Yep. I, mean, yep. I, I could spend all afternoon just talking about free radio services that work perfectly well with Audio Hijack Pro, yeah. and they have a very nice, clean interface. So why did you decide to hang your hat with all these alleged upper bracket users who are involved with Sirius and XM? In other words, why them? Why now? Right. Well, there's well, so I mean, you you make, you make a great point that there's plenty of free content out there, and uh, so why is anyone subscribing to XM Pandora? Or Sirius? Pandora. I mean, I'm, I'm using Audio Hijack. I'm wearing out my Audio Hijack Pro listening just, to just Pandora. Stuff that, uh, yeah. One day, Audio Hijack Pro said to me, John, I've got too much music. Too much on. content. You don't, you don't even have time to listen to it <laughs> in the rest of your life. Stop. <laughs> uh, but so there's, uh, last we looked, it was about 20 to 22 million people using uh -huh. XM or Sirius. So there's so a critical mass. There's certainly, it's it's a very popular service, two services. Uh, they've, they've actually merged, but they're yeah. still two separate. But even uh, if 10% of them are using it in the home or, or office on a regular basis, that's enough. That's enough that uh, that there's that there's interest there. And, and and really, this is not a product. It's it's for sale. It's a $15 product, mm -hmm. uh, but it's free for anyone who owns any of our existing products. So it's on uh, the house. So if you, you have Audio Hijack Pro, if you Audio have Hijack Air Force, exactly. Radio uh, Shift, it's all. It's, it's, it'll be free for you, and if you buy them now, you can get Pulsar for free. So basically, we're looking to bring people in who are trying to listen to uh, XM or Sirius Radio, and they'll say, oh, I can get it for free if I buy any of these other products. I see. So, so it's, it's a much bit of a, a teaser. It's an upsell. It's Well, I mean, it's, it stands alone, and, and we definitely have people buying it on yeah. their own, and but uh, it's definitely designed much more to introduce people to our other products. I see what you mean. Uh, I get it. So it's, so it's as much to help your company as it is to help the people who, who are using who you've never it, yeah. heard because because a lot of people obviously a lot of your existing customers whether or not they have XM or Sirius they get it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't need they don't need to be, be tutored on it they get it but the people who are driving their Cadillac Escalade or their BMW or whatever and they've got the Sirius they've got it in their home or whatever they never even gave a thought to any of this except right. they might want to listen to it on the web. They they don't get it because they never had any. They idea never looked at it, it and, and yeah, this will sort of hopefully draw them in and uh, and like we said, there was the reason we made this was that we had so many people trying to use uh, mostly airfoil, but also recording some content with Audio Hijack Pro that uh, mm -hmm. that were doing it with these other players with the web-based player, the third-party clients, and uh, and it just wasn't working very well for them. So we made this client to sort of uh, make it a lot simpler for the users who would come to us, and and obviously that represents a much larger group. Okay. Uh, so we saw that there was a need for this. Tell people briefly, in mm -hmm. less than a paragraph, what Airfoil is, what Audio Hijack Pro is, what Fission is, and what your other bread and butter products are. One paragraph total, or no, each? No, each. You, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so Airfoil is a tool to send audio around your house. Uh, it was originally designed to work just with the Airport Express, which plays music, but it only works with iTunes. And so Airfoil lets you send any audio out to it. Uh, so audio from Pandora, audio from other web-based audio. But it's software. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's software. It's not a thing. It's not something you it's go buy at It's not a physical Walmart. product. No, no, no. The, the Airport Express is the hardware that you use with it. Okay. Uh, but you can also send audio to an Apple TV, to another computer. Uh, basically, sending audio, if you have audio playing on one machine and you want to get it somewhere else in your house, uh, either on another piece of hardware or uh, another computer. Very good. How uh, much does that cost? Audio, Airfoil lets you do it. Uh, it's twenty five dollars. Very good. Audio Hijack Pro. Uh, record any audio is the tagline for that, and, <laughs> and it really does. It's, it's that simple. If there's we any use, audio playing, we you use can it to record it. our podcast. I use it for all everything you hear that has my voice or my audio on it that's on my Mac yep. and all my personal stuff, and everything I do commercially is all done in Audio Hijack that's Pro. Great. And then 
and then trimmed and clipped in fission. So fission is our. That's not. Our, that's not F I S H I N. No. Nope. F I S S I O N. It's 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 a, we ha we actually have a, a lot of visually impaired users. Yeah. Uh, and so we've gotten emails where people spell it as yeah, as we, fishing. Yeah. We got a problem with that name. Yeah, a little bit, but that's all right. That's I'm, all right. I get grief every week about that name. About the name. <laughs> well, it, it's it's doing well for us. But so fission is our audio editor that uh, sort of complements Audio Hijack Pro. So if you're recording with Audio Hijack Pro, you're recording from your microphone or Skype or whatever you're recording. Uh, you can use Fission then to edit that audio and, and to trim down to just what you need. I've got a recently. I did a, a commercial job for a client of mine who's recording an audio book. Mm -hmm. He reads it on a microphone, and it's recorded directly into my G5 using Audio Hijack Pro. It goes straight in, no mixer, no anything. Use a USB mic, just yep. a straight stream of audio. I take that file, I import that into Fission. I clean up all the garbage, and there's a hidden feature in Fission that even if you're using Fission, you may not even know. You can do fades, and what you can do is when you trim or clip, you take a little bit out, yep. you can tell Fission how long that fade is going to be. It basically yep. is like a dissolve, and it basically it fades, but it's not just a fade. It's an enhanced fade because it fades down, it fades up, yep. and it's not... It's not actually silence. It actually grabs the audio and works with the audio. To, it's sort of like a smart fade. Yeah, if you're if you're clipping something out, it'll fade down and then yeah. fade back up into whatever your next. You can segment outsmart is. it, and it can outsmart you. But you've got to time it in tenths of a. It's in tenths, tenths of, of a second. second I, think, yeah. I was going to recommend in the next version you make that hundredths of a second. Okay. At, at, for people, you know, if there's a way to turn that on. Most people won't care, but right, right, right. It, it would be nice for people for who are precision. used to working in hundredths of a second. Mm -hmm. I mean, audio people work in thousands of a yeah, second, yeah, yeah. so a tenth of a second is like a week. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Very good. What other products does uh, Rogue Amoeba have currently? Uh, so I mentioned that we had another release, and that was uh, Radio Shift Touch is our first iPhone okay. application. I don't know that one. So Radio Shift on the Mac is a tool for recording and listening to internet radio. It's it's a tool designed solely for recording internet radio. Uh, so there's you know, tens of thousands of streams out there that are internet radio uh, that people want to listen to on their iPod. or And it's or done automatically. It's done, it's done automatically. So there's a guide built in, and, and you basically look for the program that you want. You click record or subscribe, actually. And you subscribe Every Thursday from 5.15 to 5.30, you want to record hear this, this program. And exactly. It'll and record then it. Sunday, all night, whatever it, whatever yep, it is. That's, a, you, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so then uh, Radio Shift Touch is our iPhone uh, application, and it's sort of uh, related to this. It's They're not the same product at all, but they're related and... Uh, Touch is, uh, Radio Shift Touch is designed for listening to audio on your iPhone, so access to, uh, it's a smaller library, but about uh, five or 6,000 radio okay. streams. so it's a gateway. It's a gateway to the radio streams that are out there and that are available. Uh, so if you're, it, when I'm out here in, uh, in San Francisco, I can still listen to my Boston uh, radio stations mm -hmm. because I can pick them up on the iPhone and, uh, and just plug into them that way okay. and be able to listen to them. How much does that cost? Uh, radio Shift Touch is $10, and uh, Radio Shift on the Mac is uh, $32. Okay, so we've got $10 for Radio Shift Touch. 32 for Radio Shift on the Mac, and how much for Fission, how much for Rogue Amoeba, and how much for various bundles and... 32 for Fission, 32 for Audio Hijack Pro. If you uh, buy both. Bo buy both of them for 50 total. That's actually, uh, that's a really popular deal that we have. That, Any uh, other packages? Uh, that's the only that's the only bundle that we have. And how many people are currently working in the Rogue Amoeba team or family? There's uh, seven of us full-time, and then we've got a couple people that do contract work for us as well. And why do you, um, why do you truncate or... A cripple the downloaded version of Audio Hijack Pro like right from the get-go when one of your well-known competitors allows people to use it for a month without any crippling feature. Uh, so uh, the, the, the crippling you're referring to is basically when you download Audio Hijack Pro you can record uh, up to 10 minutes of audio at a time and after 10 minutes it overlays noise on your recording so you can see all the features uh, but if you need to make a longer recording than that you're going to need to purchase the software. 10 minutes and 5 seconds. It's, yep and, uh, and this is something that we sort of stumbled onto. Uh, we've been doing software for with this company over six years and, and before that uh, the, the founders had been at other companies and uh, and it's it's difficult to make money doing independent software. Uh, it's It can be done and, and there's a lot of companies that do it but it's difficult and, and you sort of need to encourage people to buy as best you can. And uh, we thought we felt that uh, showing people all the features at once without uh, without limiting any features was uh, was a really good way of doing this. But uh, we wanted to be able to. You don't say, want people to cheat and steal. We want people to say, you know, if I like it, I need what it does. I'm yeah. going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's worked really well for us. And uh, most people understand that, and they, they download it, and they say it does. They see that it does what they need, and they purchase it. So it's uh, yeah. it works pretty well for us. Do you have any idea if the uh, mug? 
I recently gave a presentation that Paul sponsored at my Tucson Macintosh user group. Any idea if any of those people actually came in and used that code? Uh, I'd have to look. I haven't actually checked. Okay. Uh, but uh, every time we uh, we have somebody that works with a mug and they give a presentation, we definitely see uh, a little <laughs> bit of interest from those people because uh, they didn't. It's often things they didn't know they could do mm -hmm. uh, and things that they wanted to do, uh, especially with Audio Hijack Pro, where it does so many different things uh, that you know there's. Uh, 10 people needed to do this, and, and 100 people needed to do this, and uh, yeah. so if you show them uh, a half dozen different things that it can do, there's, there's usually something that grabs somebody's interest with that. So it's definitely, it's always good to talk to the mugs that way. As a member of the media and a reviewer, there are three categories of products when we're talking about software. The ones that we review sort of out of obligation and then we never use again. The ones that we never really heard about, but we review and we end up using them and the ones that we use all the time, we'd pay it every month, every year, and Audio Hijack, for me, and Fission fall into that category. The most amazing thing about your company is that the upgrades seem to be in perpetuity for free. Explain your free upgrade policy. Well, let's, let's be clear, actually. We don't have a free upgrade policy. Uh, we have a uh, we try and do what's right policy. Okay. Uh, there's, there's some companies that have come out and said, if you buy it now, it's free upgrades for life. And that's not really tenable from a business Well, point. I didn't mean... I, no, I, I know, I know. Yeah. It's, uh, but some companies have made this mistake and, yeah. uh, and later had to backtrack and say, you know, we, we realize we can't make any money doing this. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so when we have a major upgrade, uh, that major update that has many new features and things like that, we say, we may charge an upgrade fee. Uh, most of the time, bug fixes are always going to be free, and we often add features uh, for free. Mm -hmm. uh, Fission, if you've got the 1.0 version, it's now up to 1.61. Yes, and we added still the li same license. Same license, and we added uh, we added a bunch of different features in 1.1, 1 1.5, 1 1.6. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, added, what I'm talking about. Added ringtone saving, and so anyone who bought the original version uh, got all that stuff basically for free, or you know, on top of what mm -hmm. they paid. Um, and we've had we've had two paid upgrades thus far in six years of doing business. Uh, from Audio yeah. Hijack Pro, Pro 1 to 2, yeah, but that and was... from Airfoil 2 to 3. Yeah, okay. I, th I, think, I think I rest my case. No, absolutely. And uh, it's something where, you know, we try and do something where our customers, customers will appreciate it, uh, but also if we, really, if we really put a whole lot of time and, you know, practically have a new product, uh, we charge a bit of an upgrade fee. But those have both been $10 on, you know, $25 <laughs> or $32 products. So, yeah, it's, so. It, customers uh, hopefully are, are pretty happy and pretty loyal to us uh, because of that. Right. I mean, you don't want to get in the situation where you lose money on every sale, but you make up for it on volume. No, that, uh, <laughs> that doesn't work. But uh, but certainly, you know, we uh, we do pretty well, and, and our customers are, are supportive of us, and we try and uh, return the favor by uh, you know giving some new features when we can. Now, if somebody has a question about Rogue Amoeba software, if they need tech support, just go to that website, yep. and that's the portal to everything that downloads. And if you have any questions, you can ask me. Uh, Nemo at mymac.com or your web, what, what address would they use if they have an email query? Uh, hello at rogoamoeba.com is the best one. Okay, that's uh, and if you, if you go on the website, there's a support form too. And uh, I know people sometimes think, oh, it's a big company; they don't answer <laughs> their email. And it's always it's always astounding to do support. And uh, yeah. you know, you send an you send an answer 12 hours after somebody emailed you, and they're astounded; they're blown away uh, that you've that you've gotten back to them. And this just I can't wrap yeah. my head around this because I don't know any other way that you would run a business. If someone's contacting you for help, you should, and they're yeah. going to buy your product or they have bought your product, you should get back to them. That's, uh, that's what we do. And Paul has often said this to me because I've got a direct pipe to him. And he says, if you have a question, don't ask me. I may probably don't know that's, the answer. And you'll get a much better, faster, faster answer. answer. through support, absolutely. <laughs> because there, our support, we have a support guy, Lee, who uh, does great work. And uh, he's working, you know, six days a week. And, uh, and I, it's more likely he'll get an answer to you faster than if you yeah. know me directly. So. Well, thank you for joining us on the MyMac Podcast. We're delighted to have you. We could talk to you for another hour, but we enjoy using your products, and uh, we definitely put our money where our mouth is. Well, thank you. It's great to be here, and uh, good to talk to you. Talk to you soon, Paul. Thank you. <clears throat> this is Mark Rudd with MyMac.com. The following is an interview that I had with Andreas Haas, the co-founder, director, president, and CEO of Axiotron. Axiotron, you might remember, is the company that developed the ModBook, and in 2008, it made quite a splash at Macworld. This year, they bring a new product to the market, the ModBook Pro, which is based on the brand-new unibody MacBook Pro. So sit back, take a listen, and enjoy this interview with Andreas Haas. Okay, this is Mark Rudd with MyMac.com, and we're here today with, let me make sure I get the name pronunciation right, Andreas Haas. Yep, very is that, good. Is that right? That's perfect, Mark. And uh, Andreas... Uh, Obviously, you guys have a, a wonderful product that is uh, very integral to the Mac environment, and oh, thank uh, you. and and I think it has a, a, a great potential and a great future in front of it. 
Um, and so we uh, really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us and for our readership at MyMac.com. So if you would just give us just a real brief synopsis of why you got into this business and uh, how your new product that you just introduced uh, compares with your original product and what you're hoping to accomplish with it. Well, I really did get into this business because I wanted a tablet Mac. Yeah. That is what I wanted. And uh, I wanted a specific type of tablet Mac Mini. I wanted one that could have been built by Apple and mm -hmm. would, I knew back then they wouldn't do it. So in order for me to do that, I needed some more money and that means I needed to build more than one. And you know, before you know it, I'm the CEO of a publicly traded company <laughs> uh, that uh, has the pleasure though to introduce now products and technologies that actually start measuring up to the vision, vision that I had when I set out to do this. Um, almost four years ago. Yeah. So um, one of the first products or technologies that we introduced at the show is the um, Synergy Touch. Yes. This is uh, a touch technology for the, um, let me just uh, make this here go away. So this is a touch technology that is different from all the other touch technologies that are out there right now, okay. especially in the tablet market, because what the tablet PC industry is trying to do with a touch screen is their idea is to make up for the shortcomings they perceive in the pen. So it's always switching back and forth. Touch controls the mouse, pen controls the mouse. Right. So they're spending a lot of time trying to be intelligent about it to figure out at what time to do which one of them. Gotcha. So I mean, it recognizes that there's a pen, so you switch off the touch toy. There's no pen, and then the touch is active. Gotcha. Well, the problem with that, though, is that this does not go to the core problem that my constituency, graduate professionals, have. Right. And one thing that they have been asking me about a lot was, you don't have any buttons on your computer. Your mod book has no buttons. I want more buttons. So we looked into that and it turns out, well, I had this in mind all along Then I wanted to have an opportunity for you to modify what you're doing on the device without adding buttons, as a matter of fact. Right. Customize it. Absolutely. So. And that is what Synergy Touch does. Synergy Touch is supplementing what you do with the pen. It doesn't stand alone. All its purpose is to make the pen work better. Gotcha. So for example, in Photoshop, uh, most of one of the most common things everyone is doing that uses Photoshop, even if it's only for five minutes, is you switch colors by using the eyedropper tool. Right, exactly. So you have a paintbrush and you want to switch it. What do you do? You hold down with your finger the Alt key. Right. That is one of the most common items. So right. Synergy Touch does the following. You draw on the screen, nothing on the screen is touch sensitive other a small area on the opposite side of the screen where your pen hand is using. So gotcha. none here on the right side. Very localized, specific. Very localized and specific. In particular, it's this corner which is hot. Yeah. It's about between those two corners that is hot and this top edge is hot. Gotcha. So you hold this one, then this little tab comes up. You slide up on the top tab which gives you um, the shortcut pad, and we call it and right here. You got it. You got yeah. shift. You got option um, shift control option and command. And it looks like a dialing pad on a on a digital phone that you would go and hit different numbers, and it shows up right on the corner of the screen. So you now can kind of customize it. Exactly. Gotcha. So you bring this up. Now my then I touch down the Alt key, and while I touch it down, now my mouse cursor turns into the eye dropping tool. I let go, yeah. and I keep painting. I got gotcha. you. Or I press those two here, and then I get to move my screen around. That would be Command and Alt. And of course, the pen is is, is sensing also the pressure that's being brought to bear. So then you can uh, you can customize how, like in Photoshop, how fat the stroke would be, how thin the stroke would be, because it's based on pressure sensitivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The next thing that we have is then the same menu on the side is then uh, in the center it has uh, a number pad that it can call up gotcha. so just by going here you can modify uh, for example the opacity of the layer that you're in by just touching one of those numbers gotcha. or um, there's obviously also yeah, a full keyboard a keyboard at the bottom full although keyboard. we're gonna be talking yeah a full keyboard but we're gonna talk about quick script in a minute so I don't think you're gonna be using that keyboard a lot but hey yeah you never it's know. there if you need it it's there if you need it and um, the other feature now in the hotspot on the bottom is giving you access to the most common buttons that you have on a notebook, yeah, like brightness up and down, uh, volume, the things that would be traditionally the F keys. And speaking of the F keys, boom, there they, yeah, are. they are. F in keys addition. are there too. Yeah, great. 
then and that one this way by the way you work at them at the same time so you don't have to use a shortcut combination right. it's all right there at your fingertips at your but fingertips. on the screens right where you're working exactly yeah, it's a little bit yeah and it's a little bit outside on the edges so you still have most of the screen estate exactly. to use for your pen kind of like with the dock that mm -hmm. apple uses where it can hide and go away and when you need it it's there exactly. when you don't you have the real estate back yep gotcha absolutely and the last item here is the settings this is right now that would be the setting for using the pen with your right hand and this one here would be if you're lefty then we just switch layer to the other so side, obviously. So it's sensitive to which hand you use, yeah. and the dynamics of the software changes to take advantage of that. Yeah. So it's very intuitive. Absolutely. Gotcha. And the last thing is, if you really want to use the full screen as a touch, you can do this with this setting here. Okay. Uh, for example, you're in an airplane and you're watching a movie. Right. There's really no point in pulling out the pen right. and trying to modulate, uh, you know, the uh, quick turn play application. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't need it. Right. And we recognize this, and so okay, we have the tablet mode the tablet PC computer mode in there too if you really right. want it. Sure. But again, it's just one touch away. Um, the second thing that um, is coming up a lot is you want to move in and out while you're working in Photoshop. Yeah. So this is the slider up here at the very edge. Again, it's this, It's not there until you the touch iPhone, it. the iPhone, right? A little slider on the front of the yeah, iPhone. That you, yeah. Exactly. Something kind of, like that. Kind of like that idea. So yeah. you can zoom in and out. Okay. So this, this adjusts the zoom of the image. Yeah. I got you. Like in the Navigator, when you use, uh, in Photoshop, the Navigator, you use that little slider on the bottom. Yeah. That's exactly what this does, too. And for it our listeners, it's a it's a little slider, that software slider, translucent, that appears at the top edge of the screen. Still, 90% of all of the uh, screen is available for work, but now you have this little slider that you can use with your touch in order to adjust zoom and so forth and so forth. Right. And what we also learned is that when you use this one, you actually don't draw and zoom at the same time which is why it is arranged here, easy to reach with your right hand, so you draw, yeah. and then you, the idea is to use it this way, and you keep drawing. Gotcha. However, now if you zoomed in, and you want to pen the area that you're working on, that's where your thumb comes back in. I got so the top left area is a virtual trackpad that oh, okay. only pens, so you yeah. put your thumb on it, and you can move like a trackpad. In whatever direction. Exactly, whatever direction you want to go. I got you. Those are the three items that um, we have noticed is the most common things that people really want to do. That's why they're asking for keyboard and yeah. know, things like that. Navigational. You it's know, navigational, but, it's modifying, you know. it's really modifying what you do with a pen. So yeah. this one, for example, you can do something really stupid, but there's no other computer on the planet that can do this right now. You put your pen with a paintbrush on a piece of paper, yeah. and then you use your thumb and you move the artwork underneath the paper, a little bit like a Etch-a-Sketch. Oh, I gotcha. And so then, of course, the image moves underneath the pen, the pen exactly. stays still as opposed to the pen moving. But it paints at the same time while you're using the touch screen to actually multiply. You know, modify the environment so that you're working that, on. So does that give you more of a, a, a detailed and a, and a really finite and an accuracy that you wouldn't get moving the pen? No, this is only to point out that this is something that you cannot do with any other I got computer you. Just system. Just so you could have kind of a claim to fame on <laughs> exactly. that, Exactly. Right? No, you. but it kind of points out what I mean when I say this is supplementing the pen. You can't yeah. do this with all the other guys because they actually replace the control of the mouse curve. I got you. And even if you do this, uh, if you try to do this, for example, and you cannot do this on a regular Mac because you would have to let your pen down and now put two fingers on your trackpad, right. which means right now your mouse cursor is inaccessible to you right. to pan around. Right. So, and so trying to kind of bring together the best of both worlds. on Exactly. Yeah. Try to find the shortcut, and it's always from the viewpoint of the pen is the best interface for this device, which also helps you then to define who is my customership. Right. If you don't like the pen, don't buy my product. Right. I mean, at least I would love to sell it to you, but actually I wouldn't because you wouldn't be happy. You but want you, it to be in the hands of the people who really can use it the most. Yeah. And who, want, who are those people though? Creative professionals. When you look around on our booth, we have all these awesome artwork all over the place. Right. And I can really see how a graphic artist. Yeah. You know, kind of replacing a Wacom type of a tablet where, you know, they're, yeah. they're pressure sensitive. This this takes it to a whole nother degree. You got it. Yeah. And I discussed this earlier. I mean, I, I run into this every now and then um, that people are asking me, like, could you do this and could you do that? And yeah, yeah. I, I could, I yeah. guess. But the trick really is I want to make the artist's best friend forever. Yeah. And I only can do this if I say no to other areas of it. Right. So where it makes sense. So someone comes up to me and says, okay, I have this that I would like to have for my medical solution. Right. So then I look at what this is and I see if there is a point of having that for my artist. Within your overall is, plan. Exactly. Yeah. And if that works out, okay, then I look at it. But So you're really focused on the artist then? 
professional creative professionals because they are artists, they are musicians. Gotcha. These gotcha. are the guys that that really can appreciate the product. Yeah. And so I can really see that. When I go through the comments, and you can always spot the guys who have no clue, and they're not my audience because they I complain gotcha. about something and they're like, oh, I buy it when Apple does it. Well, you know. <laughs> You're probably looking for a larger iPhone, and what you actually are is a Newton user who waits to touch on it, and I'm one of those guys too. Yeah. So exactly. if there comes a bigger iPhone, I'm the first one to buy it. Sure. But it's this not going to be This is not necessarily this. for you. No. Yeah. Back in the what is this? The mezzanine Second. level. Yeah, this is the mezzanine. The mezzanine level, and we're talking to some some uh, MacWorld Expo attendees. We've got Paul, and we've got Charles. You guys are originally from Michigan, like me. So this way, you're you're probably at this point used to the nice weather. Yeah, I've been out here since 1970. Oh, that's the year I was born. <laughs> I have to go back to like a couple of feet of snow and shovel. So, you know, this is like vacation for me. I was in Gaylord uh, in December. Yeah, what'd you do in Michigan? Shovel snow. Shovel snow. <laughs> and and so you guys are here at the MacWorld Expo. What drew you here? What are you looking for? Is there like any particular products that you guys are interested in? Um, and have you? Is this the only time you've been here today, or have you been here yesterday too? Let's start with Charles. Um, yeah, I started this morning, and uh, I live in Seattle now. But I, I work for the schools up in Seattle. I like to come down here to see what new products are out and uh, feel the excitement of the new Mac uh, releases and so on. And, does it uh, feel the same? You, this is not your first no, expo. No, it's not at all the same. They're all different, and uh, some years there's a lot of excitement. This year seems to be the one that's uh, full of downers. Now, do you think that's because this is Apple's last MacWorld Expo? Do you think this? Do you think this thing can survive without Apple? Um, I was. My first thought is it must be able to. It's it's unbelievable that Apple would pull out. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand at all. It seems like a move that would say we're going to kill MacWorld. To me, that's what it seems. Yeah. Well, you know. Apple's here this year. They're not going to be here next year, but this expo will happen next year. The hall's already rented. Uh, they're already starting to sign up some vendors. I personally have talked to some vendors who said they're not coming back because they're worried with Apple is not going to be here, the Charles and the Pauls aren't going to come because Apple's not here. Do you think that's true, Paul, or are you still going to come next year even if Apple isn't here? Well, I wonder what the theme will be. You know, with, it's odd. I think it's odd, too, that Apple would pull out because it is uh, products that are tailored to Apple products. This is their community. We're, we're the people that support Apple, and we support all these vendors around here. I, but do we really need these big expos anymore in the day of the Internet and fast Internet, and you can just jump online and find what you're looking for? Or do you think the human connection, talking to the people in the companies, is that still important today? Yeah, I, again, again I, can't, I can only answer your question by saying, this will not be the same without Apple, yeah. and I won't be down here for that, you know, unless uh, there's something released about from IDG that says this is worth coming to. Yeah. The excitement of Apple giving news is a lot of what brings thousands of people down here, and I can't see them coming down here. Yeah, I'm hearing that from a lot of people. Did you see anything on the showroom floor this year that really kind of caught your eye and you're going to have to open the checkbook or pull out the credit card for us. Was there like one big product that you thought, that's cool? Let's start with Paul. Well, we just started this morning, and actually we attended a couple. Uh, so you haven't seen a whole lot yet. No, we only saw two aisles. Two aisles. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot here, though. Yeah. Anything in those two aisles that you thought, no, that's pretty cool? Well, I just some things that I need. I need a, I need a flash card for my camera and that kind of stuff, you know. Yep. Maybe, I understand. Uh, an optical drive. Can you believe how cheap the hard drives are now and how much space you get? You can get a. I was just at the Other World Computing Book booth. You can get a one terabyte drive for like a hundred bucks, hundred dollars a terabyte. Good yeah. lord, that's a lot of space. Yeah, that's more than you can fill up. Uh, well, not for me. I could fill it up, but still, Charles. Anything that you saw in those two aisles that you visited that really caught your eye that that you might be spending some money on? No, not at all. But I got to leave you right now. If it's one terabyte for a hundred dollars, unless it's USB two only. No, this is uh, internal. It's it's not in a case. Oh, okay. So if you got like a Mac Pro, you could stick it in there and and have a terabyte of storage. I got to go buy the Mac Pro. Yeah, there you go. Well, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank this you. is Mark Red with MyMac.com, and we are here with Mac Speech and Mr. Andy Taylor, uh, CEO of yes. Mac Speech, developer of the software. 
and we also have Naomi Pierce here with us. And you know, we, we like to talk about everybody here. We're glad to have you here with us. Glad to Thank take you. time. We really appreciate you taking time to meet with us. Uh, question that I have for you, Andy, just initially, uh, there's been a lot of buzz uh, in this show um, about uh, where Macworld might be going in the future. Um, of course, IDG has come out and said that we're firm for 2010. We're, we're going to be back here. Uh, I happen to believe that the Mac community is such that this show will thrive from the Mac community alone, whether Apple is here or not. If if we can continue to have great vendors like yourself, great software manufacturers like yourselves come in and allow both press and people to come in and just meet with you, see your products, I think it's uh, and it's a great venue, obviously. Um, so I'm excited about it. What about you? Well, I've always been excited about uh, Macworld. It's one of the areas that I felt is unique for the Macintosh community. It's a place where we all come together, we see each other's wares, we are able to talk, exactly. network. Yeah. It, it makes a big difference, both for big vendors and small vendors alike. It's a place where we can network. Kind of like family, huh? It's literally, it's, when I come back from Macworld, my wife says, oh wow, you've been revitalized yeah, again. Yeah. You know, I had time to go out and meet all the people <laughs> that I don't get to see all year. So it's a significant event, I think, for the Macintosh community. I've run across people from, you know, the, the PC, Windows world. When they show up in Macworld, they go, this is way different. It is. This is a friendly, interesting place. Yeah. I, I always like to consider it for myself. I look at Macworld as my once-a-year pilgrimage, or my hodge, if you will, to, to quote another term to come back to the Mecca for my love, which is the Macintosh environment, and and be with the people that are my brethren and, and sisters, if you will, because we all have the same love. We have the same yeah. kind of love for not just the hardware, but the software and the way it works together, and so it's a family. It's one of the places where you can discover a lot of different things that are going on. Exactly. Uh, for example, one thing, speech recognition. Well, obviously, one of the things we care about are microphones. Exactly. So we are always out looking for different things. Well, we just discovered a new potential, actually three new potential microphone vendors that may solve problems that we need. Awesome. We wouldn't have discovered them yeah. any other way. Now your product is even improving just by being here and seeing the products. That's, that's just it. Yeah. And so while Apple turns around and says, well, we can do these different things within their retail stores, they don't represent the entire breadth of product exactly. that is available in the community, and they can't. No, they can't. It, you know, it just it doesn't fit for their specific sales themselves. They can't put a store which has got everything in it. Right. And and even with the products that they have, while they put a lot of effort into training their staff, and yeah. I applaud that. Yeah, exactly. They can't be experts on everything that's right. out there. Yet all the products that you see at MacWorld are what make the Macintosh world great. Exactly. We've got a lot of diversity, and those products enhance the Apple pro platform, enhances the Apple products, and makes everybody much more profitable. Uh, exactly. But we you got to have something like Macworld. To bring us all together. To bring us all together so we can see all of this. Okay, I wouldn't, I, you know, for instance, you know, I, I, could, I could send Naomi letters all day long and say, I, I'd like to have an interview with Andy um, can you work it out and you've got hundreds and hundreds of people that want to talk to you well why are you going to pick it out I can walk up and hey Andy how you doing let's go sit down and have a talk about yeah. Mac speech you can do that at Macworld speaking of speech recognition um, last year what a huge splash uh, Macworld 2008 uh, what, a, what an awesome product choice of the of editor's choice of the year for uh, your category and just an awesome product and uh, I was so impressed with it last year and had an opportunity to use uh, your 1.0 product and great product and I understand you've made some wonderful revisions to the product now that you're that you have on the market I'd like for you and if you would talk a little bit about it well we got version 1.0 out the door and that solved a lot of problems for a lot of people it was a great product to start with and from there we moved on we added phrase training which allows you to immediately improve your voice profile and also correct the text directly in place in the application. We added spelling mode, which it gives you the ability to spell unique words or yes. acronyms or other things like that. That's also part of the phrase training, so if what you 
want to correct in your voice profile is not perfectly correct, instead of having to go back to the keyboard, you can just spell out the new term. Exactly. So that fits in very nicely. And that was a big product, a, a, a big addition for me. Um, using the product myself um, and uh, becoming familiar with it, that was the one thing in the transitioning from a, a word that may not be uh, recognized and then going into the keyboard to try and and, and get it in there wasn't as smooth as every other aspect of the product was, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So that kind of had some limitations. So when I heard that that, that had now been added on the new revision, it was real exciting to see. So um, uh, is there anything that you guys have in addition to that that maybe you have upcoming that you're working on to take the product into the future? Right, not right at this instant. We're not we're not really ready to to talk about the new features. But some exciting things coming up. Exciting things are definitely coming. Mm -hmm. We're always improving the product for people who who feel a need to have a sneak peek at the future. Well, remember, Max Speech has been in business for a while. We had a prior product called iListen. It mm -hmm. had yeah. a lot of different features. In exactly. There. Max Speech Dictate has moved forward in great ways. We also have editing capabilities that are, were added into the version 1.2, but you can also see that there's a couple things that we don't have in place yet that were in the iListen product line. So use that and your imagination. There's and some you can, R and D going on. To, yeah, to you better believe we're always improving. But if you look at Max Speech Dictate version 1.2 today. Mm -hmm. It'll dictate anywhere, it'll correct anywhere, you got the spelling mode in place, you got very reduced training time, five minutes, you're up and running. Exactly. You know, right now, it does a great job. Now, you know, com in terms of compatibility, if I may, um, is, was there an expansion of the compatibility <coughs> with a, a wider array of products that it could work within um, seamlessly? I, I think I had a couple of glitches, I remember just in, in a couple of products, when we, we click into it to use it, it, it I had to do a little bit of uh, movement around and going out, coming back in. Was the the compatibility with a wide array of products worked on in the 1.2 version? Yes, it was. Uh, one of the things that we did do is we introduced a, uh, a number of different commands. For example, within iChat, mm -hmm. uh, there was an issue with as you would dictate into uh, the sound in yeah. uh, your input window right. and then send a message. Well, one of the things that happened was that when you started to dictate the next little snippet of message, well, you had the text from the prior one still being remembered. Gotcha. Well, we automatically purged that out, so every new little bit of, of text you dictate into the input window yeah. is is a new window, I so gotcha. it's a new session. So it kind, we, of, it kind of clears cash out. It maybe clears its cash out. I got you. We did a couple other things where, uh, with mail, we improved that. A, a, here and there, yeah. so we've got better commands for working with mail. Gotcha. We in improved uh, some of the interaction with Microsoft Word so that it's a little smoother. Yeah. So there's a lot of tweaks under the hood just to smooth the experience. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things we did was we, um, in preparing for new technology, we've done a bunch of things under the hood yeah. that people may or may not notice immediately. It's not the sexy stuff, but it's, it's the stuff that makes the whole it work. Thing out. That, kind of smooths up the UI a little bit. Yep, it's all it's become a better user experience from 1.01 which addressed you know, a drastic need people wanted to see something new right. and 1.2 has smoothed out a lot of the issues exactly. and improved the product here and there. Well, um, I can say that we're we're very excited to get our hands on the product and and see all the tweaks and and get run it through all of its paces and and give our uh, viewership, readership uh, kind of a, a word's eye view of just how wonderful this new product is, and I'm, if it's if it's anything like the original product, and, and just moving it forward, I'm sure I'll be very excited to use it. So uh, I'm you guys, pretty sure you will. You guys do a wonderful job, and uh, you know we we, we always want to treat everyone fairly at mymac.com. So we're going to go in and, and and just really look at it in depth, and uh, we'll have that review posted up on the website. And uh, so if anybody wants to check out anything that you guys are offering, what's the website that they should go to? They should go to MacSpeech.com. Very well, very well. So, Andy, I want to thank you for uh, MyMac.com. Naomi, thank you for being with us today. And uh, we look forward to seeing the product. Thank you very much. Sure, thanks for the opportunity.
wouldn't be a Macworld Expo for me if I didn't come by the G3 software booth and meet with Bruce G. Hello, Bruce. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. I think every time I come here, I, we do a, a podcast segment with you. Oh, it's great. It's great to see you every year. I'm going to miss this ritual, so hopefully we'll continue uh, on. For at, least, at least another year, but maybe longer, I hope. I, I hope. hope. I hope so, too. Great. So what's new from G3 software this year, Bruce? G- G3, this year we have some new plugins for our Final Cut Ex- Pro and Final Cut Express. Our new ones are Photo Motion and Fusion Factory. Photo Motion, I'm going to spend more time talking about that because it allows you to do pan and zoom. Oh, on stills. On still images, all integrated into Final Cut. So you could do your... We had something like that in, in iMovie. We did have something in iMovie that ironically, when you want to do that same thing in Final Cut, it's much harder today to do. Uh, creating those Ken Burns-like pan and zooms in Final it's, Cut. It's more difficult today than it was then. It, if you try to do it in Final just in Final Cut, because you need to deal with keyframes and importing images, it's it's not really designed to do too well with still images. But now with the photo motion, it makes a, that conversion of the high-resolution still images into beautiful pan and zoom. Does it use raw photo images as well? It work with raw photo images. It's, it's cool because it reads... Uh, pictures automatically from your iPhoto, a Lightroom, an Aperture Library. So the three main, it's going to read it. And you can drag and drop it, photos in there. It also has a media library. So if you have a folder of images from a project, say a client, or brought you a folder of images, you just drag it into media browser and you can view those immediately within the plugin. You're a genius, Bruce. Oh, yeah, we try hard. <laughs> so you also have an iPhone application now. Yeah, we have a new iPhone application, which we call Guess the G, and it's a, it's an image guessing game. So it shows you a bunch of thumbnail images, and you have to guess the word that relates to those images. Now, does the images come with the game, or is it pulling it from your library? I uh, know it is coming from, it's embedded in the game, and there's, I think, in the initial release, there are going to be over 10,000 images in there. Wow, that's a lot. It I'm is. Not, it's not sucking on the room up on my hard drive, is oh, it? Oh, no. You know, we did a test on that, and the first build that we did was, uh, with those 10,000 images, was about 20 megabytes. So That's that, nothing. I think that's pretty reasonable. It's kind of weird that we think that 20 megabytes is nothing, and... Yeah, just like 10 years ago, people were like, 20 megabytes of hard drive space? Man, I know. That's less than nothing in our pocket I now. I remember buying a hard drive, my first hard drive that cost $2,000, a Mac bottom, 20 <laughs> megabytes of data. You say, like, but why would you ever need 20 megabytes? You'll never fill it up. Yeah, that's like a song and a half nowadays. That, that's right. So anything else going on at the G3 booth? Uh, you know, we're just we're working on our showing our new Final Cut uh, pl- plugins and having a good time. It's the old friend, so that's what it's all about. I hope that's me. That's right. Thanks, group. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, if you guys want to learn more, to go to G3.com. That's G-E-E-T-H-R-E-E.com. G3. We'll put a link on the show notes. And uh, thanks, Bruce. Great. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.